0: The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash Bill Risser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash Bill Risser.
1: You got to plant seeds. You got to build relationships. That's what this business is. So you can never be focused on anything short term. The money to me is if you focus on the relationships, everything else will fall into place down the road. And, you know, as managing broker of Domain Realty, yes, I want to try to remind our agents that that's the important thing. And that's what will ultimately drive your business if you focus on the right aspects of it.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 115 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I Thank you so much for, for continuing to tune in and continuing to share the, uh, the show. We really appreciate it. It helps us, you know, find more listeners and, and really, and, and talk to more people. So it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to come back to Florida again for episode 115. I've, since I've relocated here, it's been fun to connect with the local people who know what they're doing here. Uh, and we're going to go down to Lee County. We'll call it the Naples, Bonita Springs area. We'll get more f- exactly for sure from our guests, but it's, it's Adam Rood. Adam is the managing broker for Domain Realty, which is a, a really... I'm going to call it one of the most tech-savvy brokerages I've, I've I've seen on a like a local level, and I can't wait to talk to him about it. Adam, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yes, thank you, Bill. I appreciate you having me on this morning. Definitely excited to link up and, and chat a little bit. Yeah, so you you are, you are live in Naples, is that right? Uh, yeah, I lived in Naples. I actually live in uh, South Lee County now in the Estero Market, so it's just uh, tucked right between the Fort Myers and Naples markets here in Southwest Florida,
0: so a good central location to serve both markets. That makes sense. And but but I know we've talked, you grew up in the Chicago area, right? So do you do you miss do you miss winters much?
1: (laughs) Ah, that's a funny question. You know, ironically enough, I mean I think the saying the grass is always greener always carry some weight wherever you go. I mean, don't get me wrong, love living in Southwest Florida, the lifestyle, the business aspect of it. It's all great stuff. But of course, you know, I definitely miss the change of seasons. And, you know, I'm one of those with my family, I get very festive around the holidays. So definitely miss uh, some cold weather here and there. But I'll tell you what, to go back and live in it months on end, I definitely don't miss that part of it. So glad to be here, but I do miss it. But fortunately enough, we travel enough to visit family and we still have tides up there. And yeah, you know, uh, so we still get our fix every now and then when we need it, which is you know more than enough for us, I would say. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's yeah, the best of both worlds, like you said. So,
1: yep. t- talk yeah. about t- talk about growing up in Chicago.
0: I, your age range. I'm just thinking, you, were you kind of in the sweet spot for the Jordan Bulls?
1: Oh, we were spoiled in the '90s. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I have very, a lot of fond memories of you know the the summers in Chicago. Uh, just a great city to be in for one in this summer, but yeah, in the nineties we obviously the Bulls era was six championships within that ten years, and you know it was just always a lot of fun. We always got together, the block you know have almost block parties, and after the games they're lighting off fireworks and yeah it was it was just more than a basketball team it was you know the city was kind of around it all and just sharing the excitement and I'll tell you what, it was some, some really great memories of those Jordan days in Chicago, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, and now I, I ask this for everybody I, I meet from Chicago. Is it, is it Cubs or Sox for you?
1: Ah, uh, you know, it's that's funny. Ironically enough, growing up, my parents always took me to Sox games. But as I got older and learned to you know make decisions for my own, I was a Cubs fan. I just liked the north side, Wrigleyville's... Uh, amazing place to be in Chicago, just a great energy, a lot of great, you know, local sports bars, and just a lot of history, you know, Wrigley's a, a very neat place to be at, you feel the presence when you're within the confines of Wrigley, and it's just, uh, I've always enjoyed the history of the, of the team, and you know what, I'm just glad after, you know, 108 years, we can say we have a championship, 1908, that was a long drought for us, so, uh um, uh Cubs. It's a, it's a great place, though. Uh, I guess I'm a North guy to answer your
0: question. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. that's good. I've had had the opportunity to to go to Wrigley a couple times, and you're right. It's uh, it's magical. It's my favorite ballpark. I, I also know you played soccer uh, at a very high level, and I'm sure this started at a very young age because you you even played through college and as a professional. So let's let's talk about first of all, when I was a young boy. In the early 70s, Adam, they kept telling me soccer was going to be the the next big thing. So let's talk about all of those things. I know I threw a lot at you.
1: That's okay. No, soccer is a a great sport. I mean, if you do look at it internationally, I mean, I think it is the number one sport. Obviously, here in the States, it's a little bit different. I think we've made a lot of progress over the years. And, uh, you know, the infrastructure is getting a little better. But, you know, when you really compare them at the end of the day we have some work to do as far as the youth development goes but yeah me I obviously started at a very young age I'm one of uh, two brothers on the middle so my older brother was always playing soccer and naturally I got drug along to the games and kicking balls on the sidelines is kind of how it all started and yeah from a young age I was uh, you know picked it up quick I was very athletic I was always one of the faster of the bunch and you know my parents I think quickly realized that hey, this kid is actually pretty good at this sport, so let's you know start putting them in the right places. And you know, got involved with club. And uh, For those of you familiar with Chicago soccer, there's a lot of really good soccer clubs, and uh, one of them being the Chicago Soccer's, who I was affiliated with a lot of years. And you know, they're nationally known, always kind of one of the best in the country. So, I would say, you know, we always just had quality training, and that's where it starts for me. And you're always being pushed uh, not only physically but mentally, emotionally, it all kind of plays in, especially when you develop and grow older and get into the more competitive scene of soccer. you know the, the physical skills are you know just as important as the mental aspect of the game too so yeah, a lot of fun over the years. I was fortunate you know our team won our Illinois State Cup three times we've won the regional tournament twice, and we were a national runner-up. Uh, this was before we were U-17. So it's a pretty big accomplishment. That was probably one of my biggest heartbreaks in sports. You know, mm-hmm. as a, it was just a tough one to swallow. We actually had the lead 1-0 with about 10 to 15 minutes to go in the national finals game. And within that last 15 minutes, they snaked two goals on us and, and stole the championship like that. And just one of those sports moments where you drop to the ground and you kind of just find yourself in tears and Probably didn't move for the next 15, 20 minutes, just kind of in disbelief and shock of what happened. But, you know, it comes with sports. You know, you learn how to win. You learn how to lose. It teaches you a lot as a person. And, um, you know, uh, zero regrets of, you know, being able to have that experience. Although, would we have liked to win? Yeah, of course we did. But, you know, it was a blessing in itself that we made it that far, and we were lucky to have had the opportunity. So, you know, having the good quality club ball, was definitely the foundation of my soccer and that did help me you know just get better exposure with through some of our coaches and colleges and you know coming out of high school I was uh, heavily recruited by a lot of different schools and um, long story short I did end up playing through college I did get a scholarship to go to University of North Carolina at Charlotte where we definitely saw some success there as a team we didn't really get as far as we wanted to in the in the tournament you know come the postseason but I think we did well and our school has definitely done well. You know, we've helped kind of pave the way, I would say, and since then our school has been in the national finals um and constantly a contender year to year. They're always nationally ranked and it was just a program that I was absolutely glad to be a part of and they you know definitely showed their love to me and uh it was just great experiences and then out of college I was fortunate enough to play a uh, Little pro, semi-pro, and as I was younger, too, I did play overseas in Europe, uh, in Germany, Holland, and a few other places, just um, you know, some of the greatest experiences uh, i probably had on a soccer field. How old are you there when you go to Europe? There, yeah, so I was in, uh, it was eighth grade to pretty much all my junior, senior year in high school is when I spent most of my time overseas, and it was on and off. I was on trials with different teams, just trying to get picked up and signed, and Ended up just staying out there a good portion of time, just kind of playing in games and was always, uh, uh, I I guess, kind of say on trial at a lot of different places. And, you know, it's for those of you not familiar with how soccer can work. Um, you know, overseas, it's definitely the place to be You get in Germany, England, all these countries. I think people know that, um, from a business standpoint, if you have dual citizenship, it can help your, uh, abilities to get signed just because you don't go against the international side of their contracts, which I was an international, I didn't have dual citizenship. So it just made it a little bit more difficult to get signed by a team. You kind of had to be one of the select, uh, you know, high recruited studs. And although I, in my mind, considered myself in that pool, it just, uh, Never really got the opportunity in Europe, so obviously came back here to the States. And, you know, I haven't played with a lot of good teams. Uh, to kind of sum it up, the Cleveland City Stars, we did win the USL D2 championship in 2008. Um, I uh, was also with the Charlotte Eagles. And then also in 2006, I was a member of the Chicago Fire of Major League Soccer. So just kind of bounced around a little bit and had a lot of fun. And, you know, what? Right at the end of the day, I sum up my soccer like this. I got to travel the world, have some amazing experiences, uh, met a lot of great people and, uh, you know, even I mean, more importantly, I paid for my school. So, you know, I know <laughs> that's a bit, it's a big issue for people nowadays coming out yeah. of school with a lot of debt. So I'm grateful to have that and I have no regrets. I mean, it was, it, the sport was good to me and, um, you know, I, I still share a huge passion for it. I love the EPL, uh, love the Bundesliga you know, definitely try to coach here and there where I can, and just stay connected to the game. And uh, yeah, just try to pass on what I was, you know, blessed to to learn growing up. And like I said, I had some great coaches and leaders that taught me so much about the sport, but not only that, as a person, and which is ultimately translated into the business world, where kind of how I'm here now. So it's just uh,
0: great experiences overall. I was just going to ask you that question. I go, this has to did um, the, the teamwork, the the winning, the losing, all those things that are part of uh, sports at a really high level. You get it to it, you know, at, at lower levels, but boy, it's different. I know that there've got to be certain things that, um, certain highs that you got that you have to find another way now, right?
1: Yeah, you do. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's emotional. And, yeah. you you know I guess you don't recognize it when you're going through this especially growing up as a kid you know you always hear it from your parents well you know you're gonna regret this when you're older you're gonna you you just see things through a different lens when you're in the moment then and and now like of course now I appreciate all the experiences I had where at the moment maybe I didn't but I just feel it now even the wins the losses it teaches you a lot about perseverance and character and sportsmanship and just you know how do you how do you feel when you know you're in the last three minutes of a game and you're you have a lead and they score a tying goal I mean that can deflate you right it's easy to kind of let the momentum swing and give up but no you got to dig down and fight through it and come back and get that next goal to, to help your team win I just think uh sports I there's a lot of uh qualities that you can pull from it just even from the team aspect you know communication and helping each other problem solve and just uh you know supporting each other there's just a lot of great things that come from teams so obviously you can tell i'm a a big fan of the team environment yeah um i the sports in general has a lot to teach kids and i think it's something that every kid should you know hopefully have have the uh you know chance to play and just to you know, not only develop the skills, it's fun, don't get me wrong, that's what it's about, you know, you go out there to have fun, and um, but there's also a lot of qualities that you can pull away from it that are good for kids these days, and I think they need it.
0: You get your degree from, from UNC Charlotte, and uh, I want to know how, we, how the transition to real estate occurs.
1: Yeah, so back in 2008, after we won the championship with the Cleveland City Stars, it was kind of at just this crossroads, like, you know, I could keep playing, which, believe me, I wanted to, and I have a passion for the sport, but I was also realistic in my mind, like, okay, you know, I had to be honest with myself. I wasn't going to make a a full-time living off of playing soccer like I had hoped and anticipated for, so I was starting to, my other brain was starting to think about the business world and what I wanted to do, and I made the tough decision to kind of move on from soccer at that point, you know, it's just I thought, you know, what way to go out? You know, we won a national championship, uh, have a great memory. And it was kind of like, you know what, I got to step away on my own terms. Um, and fortunately it was, I had the ability to do that because injury I know for a lot of athletes is kind of the way out and it wasn't on their terms. It's just, uh, so I'm glad I at least didn't have that part of it that pushed me out of the game. But um, yeah, so long story short, after I played soccer, I was actually supposed to take a job in Chicago. I had interviewed for It's one of these kind of territorial sales gigs that, you know what, your the position doesn't open up until someone either retires or gets fired. So we're like, my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, we're like, you know what, let's go hang out in Florida. Her uh grandparents live down here in Bonita Springs and we're like you know how miserable can it be let's go hang out on the beach for you know a few months and just work on our tan and hey you know when this job's ready they'll come calling right so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we did and um so I call dumb luck how I got into the business down here just because a friend of my uh, wife's family said hey you know what you're not doing anything and I'll pay for you to get your real estate license. He's like, what do you got to lose? You know, this job's going to come calling in five, six months. I'll pay for you in the meantime. I'll put you through the school. I'll pay Just try it. What do you got to lose? Worst case, it's an extra credential you have. And me, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm always willing to take a challenge. And, you know, not really uh, knowing much. I just kind of put my head down, did it. And, um, yeah, all of a sudden hit the ground running pretty quick. You know, what did it for me was in the first month and a half, I actually had a million plus dollar sale. And I was just like. You know, come closing day and see that paycheck. I look, I look down and I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Like, I I could do this. Is kind of what I laughed and told myself, you know. And it's like uh, that kind of what intrigued me to the business. So not to say that I'm a man motivated by money, but you know, but when I was coming out looking to start my professional career and I land this huge check, of course that helped jumpstart my career and. I love the challenge of it. I love the flexibility of it. I love meeting new people. I love, you know, for me too, the tangible aspect of real estate. I just like tangible assets. I can see, touch, feel it. It's there. It has value. And I understand it well. And, you know, between I I like to think I'm a personal guy and I get along well with people. So matching that up with, you know, this new passion I was finding for real estate just seems like a really good fit. So um, kind of all took off from there, though. Yeah. So,
0: was this when you started with downing fry Realty? Is this where the where the friend was that got you involved?
1: Yes, exactly. So that person that got me involved was is still someone that you know I work with here at domain Realty today, and uh, you know long and short of it was, yeah, we went to Downing Fry Realty, and the thoughts were you know they were trying to start you know a real estate team, and it was just two guys' ideas and you know, some, some passion and, and work ethic ready to hit the ground. So yeah, it was kind of, uh, you know, lucky. Keep in mind when I got into the real estate business, this was, you know, early 2009, the market was kind of in the, in the tank, you know, obviously we saw the, you know, Worst financial collapse since the Great Depression. We, you know, F- Florida, amongst a couple other states, were the fl- foreclosure capitals of the country. And most people were like, Are "You kidding me? You're getting into real estate now?" Like my parents thought I was nuts. So like, good thing you went to college and got that degree, huh? And i was just kind of being sarcastic with me. But um, you know what? We took advantage because we were able to establish ourselves pretty early on And that team you know, we just started working leads and, and building relationships. And next thing you know, sales were turning. And obviously in that market, you had to be well-versed with foreclosure sales and short sales and kind of know how that process works. And it was, you know, important that we had a, you know, good real estate attorney on our side to help process these short sales. And, um, you know, so yeah, the team did kind of start from there and it's only kind of snowballed ever since. I mean, it went from, you know, to a couple guys uh, to what it became which is you know 40 plus guys and they're consistently ranking in as one of the top real estate teams in the state of florida i think as of 2016 they were ranked number three in florida and always do well nationally too so it was just uh you know getting in in that down market we were able to kind of put our footprint um you know when most people were running from the business we kind of invested in it so i guess when things started turning the corner and getting a little bit better we were established and we're just fortunate enough to yeah start Generating a lot of that business, I would say.
0: Yeah, you've got a business degree. You've heard, you've heard, and you know that story happens a lot, right? Where if you can be in the place where people are um, having a little bit of an issue or struggling, and and solve that, you're going to be well positioned on the other side. So that's awesome. Talk. You need to tell me about the name Domain Realty uh, is so appropriate, (laughs) and I don't know how much you want to share on the podcast, but the core of that team really figured out early on how to solve. Uh, the online lead um, conundrum, right? That was tr- a lot of people struggled with in the early two thousands. You figured it out, right?
1: Yeah, um, it it is a challenge. It's a very tough thing to to handle, and you know we learned just through trial and error, and honestly, making mistake after mistake, which I guess slowly just made us more and more of an expert on on internet leads and how to drive them and how to you know manage your budget and you know once the team started growing we were able to leverage our expenses to give us a little bit more market share and um, obviously something internet leads is is very relevant today and uh, if you ask me maybe even a bit saturated but yeah we we did it in a time when probably not. yeah you're right a lot of people maybe didn't have a full grip on it and we were able to kind of um, start figuring things out and next thing you know uh, we're just constantly tweaking the campaigns and Sharpen it up to what works, what doesn't work. Like I said, it's all trial and error, but we just kind of kept uh, reevaluating and, and doing our processes a little, little bit better. And you know, before you know it, yeah, we have a, a pretty, pretty vast uh, web presence. I would say we're probably one of the top down here. It's hard to compare with what you know Domain has done in the internet arena. Um, we kind of did just uh, lead the way as far as online lead generation goes, and. You know, we still do till this day, but we're also finding other unique ways to uh, generate that business. As you know, what markets are always evolving. There's a lot more realtors in the business now than there were, you know, back uh, even eight, ten years ago. Um, so you got to kind of stay creative. There's a lot more competition out there, and you know, it's natural for real estate cycles and. You know, we're just pretty fortunate and blessed that we've had the success we have. And, yes, we've leaned on the technology to be successful as a company. But like I've always said, it's, this is still a brick-and-mortar, handshake, personable, face-to-face business. And that we'll never lose that aspect of the real estate business. To me, that is a priority. And don't get me wrong. Technology is great. It's been kind to us. But, you know, we still value the relationships we have with our clients and, and, and developing those relationships, I would say well you're
0: you're putting your money where your mouth is because you've recently taken over the managing broker position for Domain Realty which Domain Realty is really the the guys from the Domain group right at Downing Fry breaking off and starting their own brokerage and now you're the managing broker so let's talk about that a little bit i i think you, you just mentioned it that as a, at a very real tech savvy brokerage do you sometimes have to kind of keep people's focus on that um you know, the relationship side of things
1: Yes, it's very important. It has to be a constant reminder in today's market. I mean, we all find ourselves, um, I don't want to say falling victim, but maybe over utilizing some of the tools and mediums that we have to communicate with clients. I mean, obviously, we have a lot at our disposal now between phones and computer and email and texting and Twitter and, you know, LinkedIn and all these different accounts. You know, I think it allows us to you know, obviously keep a reach on our clients, um, keep in touch, but at the end of the day, this business is about building the relationships. So yes, to answer your question, this is something we need to constantly remind our agents and focus on because, you know, uh, with technology being the way it is, maybe people at times can expect quicker results. Um, you know, it's it gets tricky, too, because here's one thing that I've seen over the years is, you know, with the Internet and everybody having a smartphone and the ability for potential buyers and sellers to just search on the web on their own, you know, uh, you really have to get creative in ways to establish those relationships because the fact of the matter is, You know, buyers now they'll start doing research months earlier than they would in years past. So you're catching them at a much earlier stage in the sales cycle when a common response we get is, hey, you know, this is I'm just starting to look. I have no idea. Just getting ideas, figuring out, you know, what kind of product is out there. But we might be a year off down the road great. Some realtors might say, hey, you know, it's not soon enough for me. I don't want the sale. But that's not how we do it here at Domain. That is the perfect opportunity for you to start establishing that relationship, earn their trust, and just show them that, hey, you know, you know your stuff, you know your market, and you're going to help guide them to what may be a good fit for them based upon their needs and preferences. So it's, you know, constantly trying to reinforce that, hey, you got to plant seeds, you got to build relationships. That's what this business is. So you can never be focused on anything short term the money to me is if you focus on the relationships everything else will fall into place down the road and you know that's a, a kind of feeling i believe firmly about and they mean a lot to me you know as managing broker of domain realty yes i want to try to remind our agents that that's the important thing and that's what will ultimately drive your business if you focus on the right aspects of it right i think you have a couple hundred agents now at domain is that i
0: in the right ballpark?
1: <laughs> yeah we're Right around, we're hovering right around 200, give or take. So, I know we have a couple new signups this week, and uh, you know, we are a, a good size company. um You know, I don't care about being the biggest, but I do care about the quality and the reputation we have in the marketplace, and I think. We've done a good job so far. I mean, I think if you ask around town, even the new construction offices and other agents, I think Domain, you know, most people would say, yeah, they work hard. They know their stuff. They're, they're great to you know, facilitate a transaction with. It's, uh, overall, a pleasure to do business with because we make, you know, we care about how we serve the situation, whether it's with the client and or the other realtors that we work with in the marketplace.
0: In your role, you're really, um, you are the... You're the you're the go-to guy for an agent who's either I don't know I don't know how to put this. There are some agents who really struggle with on online leads. Like they don't even want to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not <laughs> sorry, something new for you, right? But but you can be successful without that, right?
1: You totally can, um, and that's why I like uh, my position here now. Because you, look, I, I have to be realistic. There's a lot of different different way to go about business in the real estate world. I mean, obviously there's like, you know, certain approaches where you're more aggressive and you ask questions and you try to get them to submit to your questions and you don't take notes for an answer. And that to me, that pushy sales guy is not what we're about. You know, we, once again, goes back to the relationships. You know, if I'm meeting somebody today and saying, Hey, uh, we're not buying for a year that's great you know I'll, I'll be your guy i want to let's do this let's build the relationship and you know educate them on the area and and that's what it's about i think uh, you know the problem with online leads is everybody wants a quick turnaround they expect to to make a call and have it be the perfect client and you close you close them forty five days later i mean that's just not the reality of the online Lead world. I mean, I think that the numbers, which you'll get varying responses. I mean, it could be a three to five percent conversion rate, which to me is very low. I think if you're good um, and work on your skills on the phone and just kind of learn how to break that initial barrier and get people kind of open to even just having the conversation, I think you'll see your your you know ratios go up. But obviously, for me, the first calls with those internet leads is always just trying to establish establish a relationship and get the appointment to get in front of them because, you know, if you can meet them in person, I think your chances of retaining them as a client will go up tremendously from there. And, you know, it's a cruel world. It's very competitive uh, in the online lead world. And, you know, if you're not calling these people quick and there's other people that will call them and, uh, you know, they say even the chances of waiting between five minutes to an hour on an internet lead, your chances go down over 50 you know, 50 times the chance of converting that lead. So it's, it, they're pretty critical. They're time sensitive and you just got to get to them. And it, it, it's tough to, you, you got to find your lane. Every person's different. Every salesperson's different. You kind of find what your strengths are and you cater to those. And, um, but I think as a foundation, it's, it's important to always, A, serve the client B, know your product better than anybody. Otherwise, what value do you offer to them?
0: I love that keyword you used for me that I, I'm, I'm using the word conversations more and more when I talk to people that sure. which is ironic it's a conversation and I'm talking about conversations but I think that um it that's really what a a good realtor wants is opportunities to talk to somebody that's it right
1: and that and that's what it is you can't even be thinking about anything else and you know the the online leads that's exactly what it does and look the There's teams all around us. The team is a very popular real estate concept right now. You're seeing them all over the state and for the country for that matter. And it's just because, you know, there's a lot of new realtors, they need the support, they need people to talk to. I get a lot of people coming in that are green and ready to, you know, work and work and work, but they don't know where to start, you know, and that's why these teams have become kind of a valuable resource for realtors. Not only do you get the leads and, and immediate business or conversations or people to talk to but you get the support as well so you get the experience of the team there's generally coaching involved and you know it's a real thing I mean I'm a firm believer in self-improvement so you know we constantly host trainings and and such and you know hey how to properly follow up with clients and and getting through that first phone call and you know just really breaking down the processes because you get a lot of people that do things well um, but you know, you kind of have to shift, uh, some of the little subtle nuances w- within your conversations or business. And I think by constantly addressing that and shaping it, you're going to see a lot more success going forward with these calls and that's, it's important. So, yeah, let me, I'm going to switch gears and for the, for the tech,
0: yeah. for the tech geeks that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You, so domain did some amazing stuff. I, I imagine your organic reach is through the roof. I mean, uh, from what I've seen. But but it is paid reach, you know, paid search, is that a big part of your plan too, whether Google or Facebook with ads there?
1: Yeah, you know what? In today's in today's market it's obviously uh kind of a staple, I would say. Uh we're very diversified with you know how we keep our brand recognition out there. How we market. Um, you know, of course, you know, pay per click and search engine optimization is, you know, obviously something we're very familiar with. Um, obviously, the organic stuff is better. It just takes a lot longer to build. So, to me, it's just uh, having a good, diverse plan of attack and staying consistent. That's the key. And you know, generally, uh, we just. We do not like to scale back on our marketing. You know, we feel like it's just something we have to stay consistent with. And um, uh, but obviously, uh, the search, uh, the SEO part of it is a you know big part because that's the organic filter. When you can rise to the top, it's not costing you anything to be there. It's just building a strong website that you know, attracts a lot of traffic and naturally you'll climb up the the chain there in the uh, packing order on Google search results. So it's, uh, once again, it's consistency, uh, having a plan of attack and just staying with it because the biggest mistake we see is people who think they can just do marketing for a short period of time and expect to see results and then are frustrated, well, hey, you know, I spent this money but I didn't get anything back out of it. Yeah, sometimes that happens. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, you got to spend the money to, to see the results, and it might not be as soon as you wanted to, but I can uh, confidently say, if you stick with it and you know keep working at it, it does it does come back around and, and pay off. I feel like so.
0: Well, you're you're nine years deep into this strategy of not of not uh, not letting off the accelerator, and obviously we're seeing the results now, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we are constantly, once again, how can we improve our infrastructure in the web? And, you know, we've done a great job positioning ourselves and tailoring to the market down here and have a lot of various, you know, community-specific websites and just, uh, you know, there's a lot of little things that we do just to stay in front of people. And, you know, the domain brand, the reason we have seen the success we've had in such a short period of time is that brand recognition. I mean, people who... If you search our website once, you know that generally you'll start to pay attention to us because you'll see us more and more on the Internet. And there's just uh, we, we entrenched ourselves out there to kind of be everywhere, you know, a kind of a catch all in the real estate world. And that's how it's been able to, you know, grow into the team and the brokerage it has to this day. It's just uh, constantly increasing our presence.
0: Well, Adam, I've had you you know, the half hour I requested from you. You're busy. I got to get you back to your people. But I, I want to I wrap up with the same question I've asked every guest on the podcast. Yeah. That's if you could give one piece of advice to an agent just getting started in the business, what would it be?
1: <laughs> oh, man, that could be a lot of things. Well, one, um, have faith and bring your work ethic. And the second part, find a mentor. Um, that To me, that's huge. You know, real estate school doesn't teach you anything about how to actually conduct business, how to find clients, you know, so it's important that you have someone to lean on with questions and experience. And, you know, because there's so many different circumstances, but you know, the learning curve, you can see having a mentor, you know, you'll achieve in a few months, what it could take somebody a year without that mentorship in place. And, you know, uh, for people starting out, it could be discouraging. Um, that's why I've always said, if you're able to make a living selling real estate, I have a lot of respect for you. Cause I know it's not easy money. Although, some think it is, I, you know, the real estate business does see you know a higher turnover rate because uh, it can be tough to me. So that faith comes in and just, you know what, know that if you put in the work and commit to it and just keep keep plugging away and doing the disciplines that your mentor is showing you, it will work out. And all of a sudden you will be like, hey, my business is turning, I can do this. So yeah, have faith, find a mentor and and be ready to work. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's awesome. Adam, if somebody
0: wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Feel free to reach me at my email address. It's just adam at um, you know, We have a great, uh, I would say, work culture here. We're hardworking, core valued, customer driven. And you know what? We're always looking for hungry agents that are looking to grow their business. And I, I would love to see you do it with a strong brand here in Southwest Florida, Domain Realty. So feel free to shoot me an email and I'd love to set up an interview and a time to talk. That would be great.
0: Adam, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. I really appreciate
1: it. Hey, you're welcome, Bill. Thanks for having me on. All the best.
0: Adam Rude. Cool. Stop recording.